Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Burns Hargis, president of Oklahoma State University. We're glad that you've joined us for episode number one of the Inside OSU podcast. A little history behind the idea of this podcast. Oklahoma State University is a land-grant institution established by the U.S. government. We have a threefold mission to teach, to research, and to share our knowledge through outreach. Outreach is our way of giving back to our state, the nation, and the world. New technology has meant new opportunities to disseminate that information. You hear it on KOSU, you watch it on O-State TV, and now you can download it on iTunes. This is a podcast, so it's learning without a quiz. Some of our topics will be serious. Other times, we'll just have a fun interview with a celebrity that visits campus. The topic of episode one of our podcast is the podcast. Robert Smith is the host of NPR's Planet Money, one of the top 100 podcasts on iTunes. Smith was on our campus speaking to our students as part of Global Entrepreneurship Week. I sat down with Smith to find out how someone with no formal business education created a very successful business podcast. I want to get his take on the popularity of podcasts and what makes a successful one. Here's my one-on-one interview with Robert Smith. Let's start first of all, what's your background? Where were you, where were you raised? Uh, I grew up in Utah and uh, I went to college in Portland, Oregon and um, no business background whatsoever. Uh, I didn't know anything about business. Did you study radio and TV? Or? No, not at all. I studied science. I was going to be a neuroscientist. And so uh, I worked in laboratories. I was applying to graduate school in neuroscience when I went into a local public radio station in Portland, Oregon, and wanted to volunteer there. And I, did, I literally didn't know where I was going to volunteer. I just said, put me wherever. And they said, go to the newsroom. And Back in those days, uh, public radio wasn't quite as professional as it is now, so they saw a volunteer walk in the door and they said, here's a microphone, and go talk to people. Yeah, I hope you students are listening to this. This is how you get the pathway to stardom. Exactly. If you're the person there who costs no money and will do anything they say, <laughs> like literally that, that created my career. And I loved it. I, I loved talking to people. I love the people who are in radio, who are smart and funny, and I never went to grad school. Now, that was long before podcasts were born, This correct? was in the day of, days of radio, yes. Yeah. Old-fashioned yeah, radio. radio. With a knob. I don't know if anyone remembers <laughs> a knob. But. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and so then take us kind of through, through your career. You somehow ended up in, in New York? Yeah, so... In, in the old days, this is like the old-fashioned way you did uh, broadcast, which is you started in a small place, Portland, Oregon. I went to a station in Salt Lake City. I went to a station in Seattle, bigger and bigger. I went to a station in Los Angeles. Now, would they find you, or were you applying for positions? I was applying. Position? You would yeah. meet people at the conferences and that sort of thing. And then, um, eventually, the network, uh, NPR, came calling. I'd been working in, in local stations. And, uh, you know, it's like any news reporter always has the moment of their big break. I was in uh, Seattle, and there was an earthquake. And uh, I happened to be with Bill Gates at the time. Um, wow. In, in a large room. He was addressing the room. I was covering his speech. And the room started to shake. And We know about that around here. Yeah, I know. I heard. <laughs> and Bill Gates, we, we were not used to these in Seattle. And Bill Gates looked terrified, and he starts to hustle off the stage. 
and everything's shaking, and I'm like, what's happening? And I, I run to the phone, and, uh, and I use the pay phones, because the cell phones were down, and uh, call it into the network, and they're like, good, you're on it. You're our guy. So uh, I did three or four reports. It wasn't a bad earthquake, uh, but about the damage. And they said, oh, well, you know, um, and the, this the kid, big, big guys in New York saw yeah, it. Yeah, huh? they're like, this kid, this kid knows how to, how to hustle. So, so there you go. Next thing you know, you're, I'm in New York covering business. Covering business. Business, yeah. About which you knew nothing in the beginning. Well, here's, here's the secret to being a news reporter. It's better to know nothing. It really is better. Why do you say that? Because it's better to have questions than answers. If I have all the answers, yeah. first of all, they're probably not the right answers. And secondly, what fun is that? Like, I'm going to lecture to you about supply and demand or, you know, the importance of corporations. Or You don't want to hear that. You want to hear someone who's like you. I'm, I'm curious, right? Mm -hmm. uh, relatively smart enough to get by. And... I have questions, and I just ask a million questions. And the dumber the question, the better, because it makes the people I talk to explain it better. Right. And so like, that's, that's my whole skill. And sometimes I feel like I've been doing it long enough that there are areas of business that I know too much yeah, about. Yeah, you probably are de developing some expertise. I know, I have to, no, I have to wipe it clear. Because yeah. if I know too much, and, and actually this, this helps on our show now on Planet Money, we have... Uh, young producers in their 20s. We have interns just out of school, and the interns sit in on our edits. So I will sit there, 30 years experience, and I will read my script, and an intern will say, I don't, I don't understand it. I, you're talking about interest rates. I don't know what an interest rate is. I'll be like, hmm. oh, of course. I forgot to explain interest rates. So uh, it drives me nuts a little bit because I'm like, I have 30 years experience, you know, but, but but you have to listen to that, right? My job is to explain things. And if there's someone who's confused, I haven't done my job. And so I go back and I explain interest rates. So, so the podcast thing, I don't know when it really originally birthed in the early part of this century, right? 2005 yeah, I mean, or so? Planet Money's been around. Uh, 2005 was, I think I did one of the first news reports about podcasting. Because in 2005, 2006, I believe, uh, for the political conventions, I think. But um, th there was early podcasters, and they were people sitting around in their basement um, just talking about whatever they cared about. I guess it's similar to these days. Uh, Planet Money started in 2008 with the financial crisis. Yeah. Yeah, good timing. Uh, yeah, unintentional timing. It was unintentional. Well, sort of. Um, Planet Money started with this big show called A Giant Pool of Money. And it was meant to explain the mortgage crisis. But at the time, it was, it, it was starting to become a crisis. The, the housing bubble had burst a little bit. But the whole world was not in financial trouble yeah. yet. Right in 2008, right? We're right on the edge. It's really the fall when we finally figured out we were broke. Yes. So the show came out in the spring, and people loved it. They were like, oh, this, this explains Everything I wanted to know Lehman about Lehman closed by then, I guess. Well, no. Uh, that show happened in the spring. And then NPR said, this is great. You should do more of these, right? So uh, Adam Davidson and Alex Bloomberg sort of put together the Planet Money team. And it was set to launch in the fall of 2008. Who came up with Planet Money? The name? Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember. There was all these names were, were being thrown around. Uh, 
really ones that would have been super unfortunate now. One of them was called the TED spread, which uh, is, is a financial indicator. Uh, would have been a terrible name. Yeah. But Planet Money came out of it. And we were scheduled to launch in the fall of 2008. And it was the first or second episode when Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. Hmm. Yeah. And what a 10 years it's been. Um, it's been an amazing 10 years. Um, I, it took two or three years just to sort out what happened. I mean, it was, in some ways, it was frantic, but it was easy for Planet Money to um, find topics, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every single day, it was something. Uh, it was the, the bailout of the car companies. It was toxic assets. It was constantly something to do. And then, you know, for the last five, six years, we've had to be a little more creative about figuring out what to cover. Yeah, but you really are very creative. And in, in, in this sense, you, you're able to take what is a pretty dry subject, uh, not during the crisis, it wasn't so dry, but, but as we've had this recovery, but you take a dry subject like business and you find these little just nuggets that they're just fascinating. And it's, it's amazing. I just continue to marvel at how oh, you come up with your, uh, your subject matter, your premises. Thanks. It's very difficult. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> well, just well, For example, I just listened yeah. to one the other day about uh, the lottery, the original lottery. Yes. Where you, in 1500-something, yes. you had to write a poem, and the, the winner, the, the, they'd read the first stanza, and you had to be able to say the second stanza to get your money. Yeah. And, I mean, that was a topic because everyone was thinking about the lottery, uh, was thinking about this giant jackpot. Um, so sometimes we start with, what is everybody talking about? What is everybody thinking about? And what is a story we can tell behind that? Because you don't want just facts and figures, right? You want a story. Something happened. Uh, you, it might be an origin story, or it might be a behind-the-scenes story, or it might be the story about somebody who's in the middle of something, right? So you're, you're always thinking story. Um, and sometimes, you know, we start with sort of big, vague, economic concepts, and we just hunch around for real people doing real things for real reasons, right? Right. Um, so it sounds simple, but, you know, finding the right people, always difficult. Finding stories that feel surprising, that's difficult, too. Yeah, indeed. So, so Robert, as we, as we said, podcasts kind of started in 2005 in that area, and they took off, but not really, they didn't sustain that, that uh, that acceleration until more recently, in the last few years, they've really taken off. Well, I, I think people started to figure out the technology. The technology got easier. It got installed in iPhones, which was a huge moment for us. One button you can press and surf podcasts. But also, I just think a lot of more content came onto it. You know, at the very beginning, it was just radio shows that we put on the internet. Mm -hmm. And radio shows are different. Radio shows. For instance, you never know if someone's tuning in for the first time. So you're always saying, I'm sitting here speaking with, you know, or just to catch you up or just to recap. And so once people started to figure out podcasting, they're like, oh, we can do more things. We can make them longer and shorter. We can put music in. Uh, we can do radio plays, essentially. Um, we could do very niche subjects you could never cover on the radio. And so once people started to discover all of this, and, you know, it's a classic you know, the tool became easier, the, uh, more people started to listen, uh, more creators came, and it sort of blossomed. Do you get the ratings like the Nielsen's for your podcast? I guess you know exactly if they're downloaded, don't you? We do. Um, 
but it's hard to compare. There's, right now, we don't have what Nielsen has, which is the uh, ability to overnight tell you more people are listening to that podcast than this podcast. Um, so in some ways, we have very distinct numbers. But we don't know, for instance, if uh, you download it on your computer and on your phone or maybe in your car, maybe you have an Apple Watch and you listen that way, that could be three or four different listens. We don't know. So um, the next step for podcasting is just to get better and better and better data because the better data have, the more you can sell it for. Uh, well, describe for us what, uh, what qualities, uh, characteristics a, a great podcast has. I think a great podcast has a casual tone of curiosity. So it's not somebody telling you the way the world is. It's someone who's like genuinely curious and has questions for the world. And I think a great podcast has somebody who really cares about the subject. So give me an example. Oh, I could pick any, I could pick any of these examples. Um, you know, I, we haven't talked about it, but uh, Guy Raz, who is a, uh, a fellow NPR mm -hmm. host like I, like I am, has a show called How I Built This, which is just interviews with CEOs. And he knows so much, so much about business and CEOs. But Guy is just genuinely curious, just like anyone would ask questions. How did you start? What, what, what obstacles did you have to overcome? And has such a, like, good ear. It's not his voice, it's his ear. He listens so hard and asks such good questions. And it's just a, it's just a joy to listen to because you hear two people who are passionate about the subject. Well, it, uh, you've actually got a spinoff called The Indicator. Yes, they work and, even faster than I do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are, those are shorter segments. What's the normal Planet Money? Uh, Planet Money is thing? 20 to 25 minutes long. Yeah. And so uh, that's sort of calibrated on, you know, sort of average commute times, right? It's an easy chunk of time. Yeah. It'll get you off the exercise bike early. How, yeah. long, uh, how long does it take you to produce one of those episodes? Usually about three weeks. So usually we'll start the idea, and it's usually just one person on the team who begins to pursue an idea, uh, make some phone calls, write some things, put a piece together. And then in the last week and a half or so, a co-host will come in, a producer, an editor, and the whole team will work to push it over the line. Yeah, and how many people is that? That's 10 people. Wow. And then the indicator, they have uh, four people, and they put out a show every day. So that show is under 10 minutes, and the idea was you could uh, literally listen to it as you uh, take a shower and brush your teeth. You know, it's mm -hmm. that, that length of time. Right. And those shows are a little nerdier, a little more focused. One very tight topic per show. And I, I still don't know how they put out so many episodes. It's just they work super hard. Yeah, it's got to be exhausting. You know, another podcast I listen to is The, is the, the Daily, yes. uh, the New York Times. Now, that's about a 20, 25-minute podcast as well. Yeah, and they but, have... But it's daily. And, and they have maybe a couple dozen people now, you know, working on the audio team there. Like, that's super hard work. And, but the thing about podcasting is you can't make it feel like hard work. Yeah. So the whole goal of a podcast is to make it sound like you and I are just chatting. Yeah, it is. Oh, I just, this is all coming off the top of my head. Look at me. You know, I'm so well, smart. Is <laughs> our podcast, though, in a, in a perverse sort of way, 
a competitor and maybe even an ultimate uh, defeater of uh, public radio? Well, I would say not. Uh, first of all, because, because, you, you, because we're in podcasting. You play, yeah, you play on yeah. public radio, right? Sure. And um, I, th- oh, I think you're talking about radio versus pod- I mean, NPR as an organization is the number one podcaster in the world, yeah. as well as one of the biggest radio networks in the world. Right. So we're definitely experimenting with that. But I think the, we do play on the radio, and there will always be... So does the Daily. Yes. And, and so does the APM Marketplace. Yeah, and there will always be room for people who don't want to have to choose what they want to listen to, right? Sometimes you want someone to play music for you. Sometimes you want to just hear what the news of the day is. And I think radio will always exist for that. There's just going to be more and more on-demand audio. And once the cars sorted out and, you know, the cars have internet access and hard drives and all this sort of stuff, then it will be, and maybe even in voice control, obviously, right? Then you can listen to the news of the day, but it'll be far easier while driving to say, I want to hear something funny. I want to mm-hmm. hear um, a story about uh, international politics. And even though that's not podcasting, it's sort of a mix of podcast and radio. Right. But the on-demand is the essential part. Well, you stuck your toe in the water on the video podcasts. Yes, yes. In fact, you had a very, uh, well, one of the big issues of the day, of course, are the tariffs and the trade war sure, and yeah. the, the going back and forth. And the one about the uh, chicken uh the U.S. selling chickens to Germany after the war, and uh, and German chicken farmers didn't like it, and so they started. It, it, anyway, they, the, that started a trade war way back in in the forties. Yeah, and, and, and you've taken it all the way yeah. to to today, and and you did some video on that. Yeah, um, that's something new for us. We have a video team at NPR. This wasn't our idea. Planet Money, we would love to just do radio forever because that way we don't have to dress up. (laughs) But um, the video team came to us and said, we would like to turn some of your audio episodes into video. And we were skeptical because they really are two different worlds. Like when we do podcasts, it's everything is written for the voice. Everything is designed around the voice. And so we didn't know what they would come up with, what it would look like. We just gave them the audio part, and uh, they came up with something hilarious. It's amazing. It has a it has a real fun, exciting look to it. I was I was impressed. Do you have any uh, further spinoffs other than the indicator from Planet Money? Well, if I have to stop and think about it, I guess I guess not. Um, right now, this is pushing the limits of of what we can do. Although. You know, we do want to do more live events. You know, those take even more work than, than audio or video. But, but you don't, uh, some of the podcasts have advertisement in them. Uh, yes. I'll yeah, like yeah, yeah. read Zakaria, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're advertising. Uh, and APM advertises. But uh, you all don't. Yeah, we do. We have, um, we have, we have ads. They're maybe so brief. And, That's right. Planet yes. Money is brought to you by so-and-so. The, yeah. the very opening. Yes. So we have very short ads. And, and this is really the difference, though, um, and sort of what makes it public radio, even though it's on podcasting. Um, public radio has strict rules about our ads. In fact, they prefer that we not call them ads. They're called underwriting. Right. And um, we have strict ethical standards. We can't say, uh, you know, buy this popcorn popper. It's the best one in the world. We can't tell you to buy anything. We can't tell you it's the best. And that makes some advertisers upset. But um, in order to keep our editorial independence, we can say, 
support for this program comes from this company who does this thing, and we're very grateful to them. We're not selling their product. We're just acknowledging them. It's and, a it's and, fine line. And to get an acknowledgement like that, what would one pay? Oh, interesting question. Um, it's weird that I don't know the answer to that. Uh, we have a, a, a firm line between editorial and advertising. So, uh, Can't call it that. Yes. Uh, sorry, underwriting. underwriting. So I don't uh, know who the ad team's talking to. I don't um, talk to the underwriters. I don't uh, listen to the ads beforehand. I don't read them. Uh, I hear them as you hear them when they come on the podcast. So we try and keep that line. Um, but it's, I feel weird saying that as a, as a financial journalist. That's exactly the first question <laughs> I would have asked. How much money is rolling through here? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got to be expensive. You got a lot of people to take care yes. of. Yeah, yeah. We have about a million listeners, uh, depending on the episode. Yeah. So do you think you're ready to teach a master's course in business yet after all these years of reporting on business? No. No, uh, I've, been, I've been doing a fellowship this year at Columbia Business School, so I've gotten to see a lot of, of very good business school professors. If you had asked me this a year ago, I'd be like, sure, sure I can. But actually seeing professors and the way they teach and the way they've designed the courses to fit with the homework, um, it's, it's amazing. I know this won't surprise you, you, you work at a university, but um, it's just such a, a distinct skill set to move the conversation along, to call on the right people. It's a skill set that I, I don't have. I could be a guest speaker, but I'm super, super impressed that when you see a good teacher, maybe I can see it as someone who designs podcast design shows. I see it as, in, in the case of Columbia, they're an hour and a half, sometimes three hour shows, essentially, that they're putting on live and to very harsh critics, yeah. people paying a lot of money to sit there and so uh, it's, uh, you know, way more expensive than a Broadway ticket. Well, I can tell you that I graduated from this college, so I, I got an accounting degree, yeah. and I was a banker for many years. And I, uh, I can tell you that I've learned a lot from Planet Money, maybe more than I actually ever learned at school. So it, 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 is a, it really is terrific. And I love how you all will take on things like the inverse yield curve, predicting the recession and all the yes. rest. It's, it, uh, you really get both sides. And, and uh, what we've learned was, I guess, that we really don't know. We just really yeah. don't know. Well, it's hard to do math on the radio. So you learn more math yeah. in business school. And it's hard to do accounting on the radio. I would love to do a show about revenue recognition, but it's yeah. very, very difficult. Yeah, deferred income is not a real exciting subject. <laughs> so I don't know. I think we can make it exciting. I bet I you could. I bet you could. As, a, as someone who trained in accounting, we'll call you up. Well, you're going to be uh, speaking uh, to our students while you're yes. here? Yes, yes. Give us a synopsis of your remarks. Well, you know, this actually is similar to what we were just talking about, which is I thought, like, I don't have... I can't tell them about what the economy is going to do. I can't give them advice about starting a business or anything. But what I can tell them about is how to communicate better, how to tell stories, because that's, that's all, I, yeah. all I know how to that's, do. That's kind of a movement right now in, in uh, universities is the so-called, I don't like the term, but it's soft skills, your ability to communicate, to critically think, to uh, persuade uh, are skills that they want us to teach more of. Yeah, yeah, it's not even soft skills. It's so it's essential these days. Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing I've learned in radio 
And, and it, it took me a long time to figure it out, which is that people learn through stories. And you, know, you were saying you went, you went to school, you have training in this, and you learn a lot from Planet Money. It's not because we're smarter. It's not because we have more information. You had far more information in college. It's because we start at the beginning, introduce a character, tell you what they went through, show you the obstacles they overcame, tell you what to think about it at the end. Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's thousands of years old storytelling process. Yeah, right? you know, it's almost, I also practiced law for many years. I can't keep a steady job, but the, uh, you, you learn and try in lawsuits. That's just basically, for, for a jury, you've got to turn it into a story. People I mean, they're not gonna follow things. you. They're yeah, just not gonna follow you otherwise. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so it's a, it's a super, Simple skill to talk about, very hard to master. Exactly. Yeah. And so, well, you've uh, you've definitely mastered that part of it. Oh, and, thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate you coming uh, to Oklahoma State. I hope you enjoyed our discussion with Robert Smith. In addition to the Planet Money podcast, you can catch the Planet Money radio show Saturdays at 3 p.m. on KOSU Radio. And that's it. That's a wrap on the first Inside OSU podcast. We will be back with another edition next week, so be sure to check iTunes. I'm Burns Hargis. Thanks for listening.